Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So let's get into the word this morning, and I want to talk to you on the topic of leaving a lasting legacy. And so what kind of legacy do you want to leave in your life? All of us, we want to enjoy life. We want to experience the good things in life. But more than that, we want to have success in life. And we want to leave a lasting legacy, not just for our children, but our children's children. And so what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And I'm not just talking about, you know, money or financial things. I'm talking about the kind of reputation that you leave behind you that is more important than money. What will people say about you, right? And so James, James is wisdom literature, and he shares his wisdom coming from a wealth of experience that he has gone through in his life And he wants to share this to the greater body of Christ. And he's really writing to the church that has been dispersed by persecution across Jerusalem. And as a leader in the church, James writes with great wisdom and understanding. And he really wants his his listeners to comprehend the depth of what he's trying to communicate. And wisdom lies not just in pure intellectual cleverness, but is a moral astuteness given by God to those who seek him. And James wants us to see the goal of Christian life is reached in putting our trust in God's word and not just putting trust into it, but putting it into practice, not just agree with it in theory, but put it into practice. So it has practical application in our daily life. I understand that coming from a place where we all try to learn things when people tell us things. You know, I recall someone trying to teach me how to swim and we were standing on the side of the pool and they gave us instructions. You know, you need to remain horizontal so you don't sink. You need to lift your arms and plunge them into the water to help propel you forward. And they gave us a whole host of instructions on what to do and how to swim. But this was not something we were actually doing. Then it was time to jump into the pool. And so when we got into the pool, they said, okay, follow through what we told you. And I tried to swim. You know what happened? I almost drowned because it's not as easy to put things into practice as listening to them. And all of us in reality have trouble putting things into practice. It's not as easy as it sounds, right? Especially in the culture that we live in, where God has called us to be light and salt and to live in a place where sometimes it's not easy being a Christ follower. We live in difficult times, even presently, you know, there's so much civil unrest going on in our world. And to be a true Christ follower means to live an example of what Christ's life is like. To not just think about it in theory, but to put Christ's words into practice in our everyday reality. Have you ever seen a commercial on TV where they're advertising a great product and this is the next best thing that you need in your life? This is going to just revolutionize your life and change your life for the better. And you look at that product and you go, that's exactly what I need because I, it looks so fabulous. It looks so amazing. And you order it and it arrives at your door. You, you run out excitedly to receive this package. You open it up and it's nothing like that they advertised on TV. It's disappointing, right? Or maybe this happened to you, this has happened to me, where I see this fabulous new burger advertised on TV with its nice, juicy, you know, patty and lettuce that's just dripping with 
just water and tomato and all this exciting thing. They make it look so appetizing. And then you go to the restaurant and you order it and it's just like flat and limp and it looks nothing like what they showed you on TV. It leads a bad taste in your mouth. And so it's not as advertised, you know. What you get is not what they told you you'll be getting. And so in the same reality, we as Christ followers, we need to be not like that. We need to be as advertised. We have to be honest. We have to live a life that is authentic to the words of Jesus. And we need to put into practice what we say we follow. All of us have had negative experiences where we've had something that we got that isn't as advertised. And this can't be who we are. You know, being a Christ follower is more than just being or attending a local church. It's not just saying, well, I'm going to church on Sunday. It's about living a life where you live. It's about going to work and it's about going to the shopping center and going to the mall or, or driving in your car, doing all these various activities, taking on the character of Christ. Because the reality is we cannot adopt the culture and the environment that we live in. It is contrary to who we are, who we are called to be. No matter where you live, if you're watching from Australia or you're watching from the US or is it Africa or Asia or Europe, wherever it is, all of us have a unique culture that we live in. And so as Christ followers, however, we can adopt the culture and the environment that we live in. We need to adopt and emulate the kingdom of God, God's culture, God's attitude, God's ways and God's principles. I remember a time where I was driving on the road and this car came just screeching past us and, you know, they were honking their hong and they were yelling out through their window obscenities to a driver. I guess they cut them off. And as they drove past me, I noticed they had a little Jesus sticker on the back, which was highly disappointing because, you know, that's not the kind of character we want to put on display. And so what the sticker says was not what the person in the car was doing. And so often in life, we have stickers in various places of our life. You know, I'm a good husband. I'm a good mother. I'm a a good carer. I'm a good, you know, worker. But that's not who we really are. We want to be as advertised. But when people actually find out who we are, they're disappointed. And James is trying to get us to understand we can't live duplicitous lives. We can't live a life where we say we're one thing and we're something else. That's not who we're called to be. And to be true Jesus followers, Jesus asks us this question. You know, he doesn't just say, like my words on Facebook or, or like the things that are, other people say, or you can applaud the words that I say. He doesn't say that. He says, will you follow me? And to follow me means that we have to follow in the example of what he said. And this is exactly what James is trying to pass on to us to get us to understand. And so he brings into the conversation the ultimate test of who we are. And he asks us this question ultimately, where do your allegiances lie? The question is directed specifically at Christ followers. Do you desire God or do you desire the things of this world? And let me just say this. When James says the world, he is not talking about the stuff out there. You know, the trees, the cars, the houses. He's not talking about all that stuff that we can accumulate. He's talking about the attitudes and the culture of the place that we live in. And he chooses to use very strong words to highlight what he's trying to say. And this is what he says. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? 
Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Those are really strong words. He says, you know, if you're loving this, you're actually God's enemy. I wouldn't choose to use that word, but James does. And I want you to notice, though, that James does not pass judgment on the world. He does not say that the world is a bad place and we need to hate it and we don't need to do anything. That's not what he's saying at all. In fact, what he's trying to say is he's saying that as professed Christ followers, and he's talking to us, he's saying as Christians, if you're a Christ follower, we have not made a proper choice. So we have not made proper allegiance to the one that we say we follow. We have, we have not chosen one or the other. He strongly implies, however, that to follow Christ, to follow the example of Christ, we have to be ones that actually are in love with Christ, right? And let me put it this way. You have a bunch of friends, right? Maybe two or three or four or five of them, however many, for many friends you have. But you have one individual that you spend an inordinate amount of time with because they get along with you. They have things in common. You love chatting to them. And so they become someone that you actually spend a lot of time with. And because you spend a lot of time with, you probably classify them as your best friend. Why are they your best friend? Because they're the one that you spend the most time with. And so what James is trying to ask us is this. Who do you hang around most with? Do you hang around with God? Or do you hang around in our culture more? Which one did you choose to hang out with? The one you hang out with more is the one that you choose to call your best friend. And so in the same manner... Who do we hang out with more? If we choose to hang out in our culture more and adopt its values and, you know, its, its ideologies and things like that, or do we adopt to hang out with Christ more and emulate his culture and his values? Whoever you choose to hang out with more becomes your friend. And you can't be friends with the other because it's completely opposite. And that's what James is trying to communicate to us. You cannot say you love God and want to be his friend and spend time with someone else. You can't say you're a friend of God and love the culture because it's contrary to what God says. So he asks us a question, whose attitudes are you adopting? Whose words are you using? Whose culture are you living? If you say you're a Christ follower, but we don't see any of the characteristics of Christ in you, are you really God's friend? And so James uses the words of his brother, his brother, of course, being Jesus. You know, it's awesome to have a brother like Jesus. And Jesus was James's older brother. And Jesus actually uses this word. So he's trying to, James is trying to give us this understanding and, and highlight what Jesus says. And this is what Jesus actually said. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And Jesus also shows us this clear contrast between adopting one lifestyle or one set of values or, and, and, you know, and imposing the other. We can't have one foot in God's kingdom and one foot in our current culture because they're completely contrary to each other. You can't say you, know, you have these values and adopt these values when they're totally different values. Here's a good test for you to determine where you are in your life. And that's what James is about. He's about this test that you need to perform. And so he asks us questions. So here's a test for you. What influences you? Is it social media? Is it what's popular? 
I'm not talking about fashion and, you know, outward things like that. I'm speaking about values and culture. Do your values come from God? Do you develop a culture based on God's word and God's kingdom? Or do we gossip like others and talk about others behind their back and pull each other down to get ahead and and step on one another and treat each other in the way that the culture around us treats us? What do we pay attention to more? The latest trends, the celebrity voices, the Twitter feuds, the Facebook feeds, the Instagram influences. What do we really pay attention to? Do their voices mean more? Are their words carry more weight than the words of Jesus? Do Jesus' words have the same weight as what people in our culture have? Again, listen to what Jesus says. In Matthew 7, 26, he says this, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And he further goes on to explain that, you know, the waves come and the house on the sand is demolished. But build your life upon the words of God that's able to withstand the trends, the ups and downs, the celebrity culture, all the stuff that is momentary in our life. Don't build your life upon things that perish, but build your life, build your legacy, build your future upon the unshakable truth of the Word of God. James echoes these words in his letter. He wants us to understand that if we are to to live any sort of legacy, to leave any sort of legacy that reminds others, that inspire others, that others are going to look up to or something they want to emulate, that more than just trends, if you want to be wise, if you want to be a good example to your children, for them to look up to you, he says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. Friends, James wants us to offer us wisdom, a life of wisdom, a life of success and prosperity, a life of lasting legacy that will be spoken of by your children and your grandchildren, one that they can tell of your kindness and wisdom and integrity. To be wise does not mean just coming or knowing a bunch of stuff. It comes from knowing what to do and when to do it. Wisdom is defined as the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. Here's an amazing quote by George Bernard Shaw. He said this, We are made wise not by the recollection of our past, but by the responsibility for our future. And that's the future I want you to think about for a second. In order to make good decisions for you and your family, you need God's wisdom in your life. So many times from my experience in my life, I've made bad decisions and we've made bad decisions that have compromised us and compromised our family. Those decisions have caused us pain and even more have caused pain and compromised the future of those 
who we love and care about, and it's affected them in negative ways. And we don't want a future that's negative. We don't want a future with, filled with bad decisions and poor choices and regretful opinions. That's not what I want to think about. That's not what I want to have. That's not what you want to have. But there's good news. The good news is this. God desires for us to have success and great prosperity. And not just for you and for me, but for every single person. Now, if you're watching this and you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, you're saying, why do I need God's wisdom in my life? I can get that by looking in other places. There's smart people out there. There's great books out there. Let me ask you a question. Do you want a life of success? Do you want to leave a lasting legacy, not just for your children, but for your children's children? Is it important to you for them to look up to you and respect you and honor you? Do you want your family to gather around you and appreciate the wisdom you can share with them? If you think those things are important, let me tell you, reading a book can give you knowledge, but godly wisdom can only come from God. James tells us this again. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. I repeat that. By good deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But here's the thing. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Are you the type of person who wants to be known as a good person and of good character? One who is respected by your circle of family and friends? One who people go to to look for advice because you have great thoughts and wisdom? Are you the one who likes to be considered kind and loving? Who is considerate and sincere? Who at their job is considered to be well thought of and impartial? who's respected in their community, if this is what you want to leave, this is what you want your legacy to be, then it's really important that you listen to God's wisdom for your life so you and your family and your extended family can live a life of success. And then James says this to all Christ followers. He says, give yourself over to God. Stop chasing after other things. Stop chasing today's culture and values because they're temporary and they'll they'll move from popularity to popularity. What's popular today might not be popular tomorrow. So don't chase temporary things. Give yourselves over to God. In fact, he uses this word, submit yourself. And what that means is yield yourself to a higher authority, to greater wisdom than you have. Give yourself over to great knowledge. And he says this, when you yield or submit to God, the enemy will flee from you. And to put it another way, when you allow God to come into your life, the enemy of your life will flee in abject terror. They will run away being so scared because what you have, you can't get from anywhere else because it only comes from him. How do you live a life of success as a true Christ follower? Let me share with you words that God says to a man who's full of fear. 
he is totally unsure of himself. He does not think he has the ability to do what he thinks he can do. You know, he has no self-esteem. His self-importance is really no. He doesn't think that he's anyone important. He can do anything. He has no self-confidence. He's hesitant. He's afraid of what his future holds. And God says something amazing to him. This man, his name is Joshua. And God shows up and speaks these words to Joshua in a time when he's timid and under tremendous pressure. And God says to Joshua, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I'll repeat that last. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. He says to Joshua, if you listen to my words and you follow them, you will be prosperous and successful. And so I want to say to you today, when you listen to God's wisdom, you will be prosperous and successful. You will leave a lasting legacy for you, for your children, for your children's children, that they can look back and admire you and honor you and respect you and seek you out to great get counsel, to get your words of wisdom in their life because you've allowed yourself to be immersed and you've submitted yourself and you've yielded yourself to God's way and God's culture and God's attitude and God's word and God's thoughts. Your success in life is dependent upon your knowledge of the word of God. I'll repeat that because that's what I want you to understand. Your success in life is dependent upon your knowledge of God's word. We all want to enjoy life. I said that right at the beginning. We all want to have success, to leave a legacy for your kids and those coming after you. You have to be a place and a source of wisdom to help those in need, to help your family achieve success. And that can only come from adopting the values and culture that comes from God. And so James says this, come close to God, friends. Come close to God, children. Stop straying away and spending time in other places. Stop spending time with other things that are not going to add value to your life. Not as much as God does. All those things will pass. All of those things are temporary. And so you can seek and run after one success or one sort of trend and popular thing at a time. And when it passes, you can chase another thing and you can spend your whole life chasing after trends and popular culture. But you'll never achieve wisdom, yet you'll never leave a lasting legacy as you will if you spend time with God and adopt his values and his culture and put into practice what he tells you to do. Come close to God and he will come close to you and impart his wisdom and his knowledge and his truth that will empower you to live a life of success and prosperity. And I'll say again, your success in life is dependent upon your knowledge of his word. So hear his voice, spend time with him, develop his nature, adopt his culture and follow his example. And if we can do that, 
James says, you don't even have to think about what tomorrow holds. You don't have to be stressed out about the situation that's going to occur tomorrow. Because when you're in God's wisdom, when you're in God's ways, God will provide and God will help you. And God will just help you navigate the circumstances of life. You might go up and down in this world, but God's constant companionship, because he's now your friend, will always be there with you. And he'll help extract you. He'll help give you stuff. He'll help provide for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you comfortless. He will always be there in your life if you choose to follow after him. Develop his culture. Take on his words. Develop his character and choose his life. And James says, if you do that, you will leave a lasting legacy. And so I want to encourage you to choose God. And if you've never made that choice before, I want to help you make that choice today. Choose Jesus. He's the best thing that you can ever have in your life. And you don't have to just plunge into the deep end as I was talking about the pool before. You know, God helps you step by step into your way, into the truth of what he calls you to do. And so I want to encourage you this morning and let you know that no matter where you are, no matter what circumstance you're going through in your life, God does love you and he wants you to get close to him because it's his desire to pour out his Holy Spirit. And he says that in James chapter 4, to give you his spirit that he jealously desires to spend time with you. He loves you so much that he wants to spend time with you. The ultimate question that James wants us to examine and choose and test ourselves is, do we choose to hang out with him or do we choose to hang out in a culture that does not accept, honor, or respect him? And the choice really is us. Where do we choose to spend most of our time? Do we choose to spend it with God or do we choose to spend it in our culture? We can't do both. We can only do one or the other. And so James says, if you choose one, you become the enemy of the other. And who we choose, dependent on our choice, it gives us the choice to be successful and prosperous in our life. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to accept Christ wherever you are. And if you have not, and if you're a Christ follower, I'm going to ask you to examine James's words again. Examine your life, test your life to see where you are, who you're following, and whose words and culture mean more to you and what's important in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what James is talking about to help us live a life of practicality, of success in you, and, and not just use words and stickers to label ourselves as one thing and not be that but to choose to be a life or live a life of success and prosperity based in your word. It's only from following your words, only from looking into them and examining them and putting them into our life and putting it into practice that we do live a life of success and prosperity. 
And so I pray for every single one listening that you would bless them, that you'd encourage them, that you'd inspire them, that you show them the good things that you have in store for them. It's not a life of, of you know, boringness and, and de- deprivation, but it's a life of success and abundance, a life full of joy and good things. And I pray, Lord God, even though we go through trials and all of us go through trials in our life, the assurance we have is not that we don't go through trials, but you are there with us. And when you're with us, everything else becomes better. So we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you so much that you are God, that you never leave us or forsake us, but you're a loving God that is in love with us, that you choose to spend time with us and you want to spend time with us and you want to come close to us. If we could just honor that and choose the same thing you do. So we bless you this morning. We thank you. And we pray for all of those that have not accepted you this morning, O oh God, that they will choose to follow you. Not just your clap at your words or, or not just say, you know, I like your words, but choose to follow you. That we all become true Christ followers. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.